Alright everybody, welcome to another edition of the CarCast. We've reached the magical number episode 98, which means we are almost at 99. That'll be Wednesday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But tonight, it's number 98 and Sean... He's Sean, I'm Owen. Yes. Amazingly, very few players in NHL history have worn the number 98. Yes, we saw. We actually saw one tonight. Yes. And we're not going to name the episode after him. No. There's one active. Yes. One unsigned RFA. Sort of active. He's playing in Finland. Yeah, not in the yeah, NHL. Yeah. He'll be back. Yes. Jesse uh, Pouliot-Yarvi. Mikhail Sergachev tonight. And one guy way ahead of his time. Back in the mid-80s for the, of course, appropriately, Minnesota North Stars. So this is the Brian Lawton episode. Brian Lawton, who was the number one pick in the 1983 draft yep. by the Minnesota North Stars, and they had him, and this is absolutely terrible to do to a prospect, they had him, and I'm not kidding about this, they had him wear number 98 because they said he was going to be that close to Gretzky. Wow! That's awful! Yes! <laughs> No, uh, I mean, this is in the mid-80s when Edmonton was at the peak of their powers. Mm -hmm. Gretzky was lighting up the league, and they said, oh, well, we'll give you one number different from yes. the greatest player in NHL history, arguably between him and what, Gordie Howe? Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr, too? Yes. Okay. Top three? Yes. All right. Um, side note. Wayne Gretzky was awesome at the All-Star Weekend in St. Louis. He did a couple of interviews that were just wonderful. And he said something during the All-Star game itself. He was on the bench as one of the uh, honorary coaches. Yes, of the uh, Pacific Is it the Pacific or yeah, Atlantic? Pacific. Pacific. He was coaching with Target. And he was asked about going to the All-Star game. He was named... He went to 18 of them. And he gave... Maybe it was a politically correct answer. I think it felt very genuine. He said he loved going. It was an amazing honor. He said, that, and he, he said this. He said it was always a real a thrill to go. And he said, and the part that really stuck to me, which was also a bit of a subtle jab at some of the modern NHL stars these days. He said there are so many guys that I played with that would have killed to go to an All Star game. Which never, and they never would have an opportunity to do it. So I always thought it was an incredible honor to go. And we're now in a, in a situation where players are actively trying to avoid going to save up energy and health for the playoff push of the second half of the season. Yeah. And, I, and when you have your best player going to all of them to say, hey, I know how important it is for the league that I'm there or that, you know, the superstars go. I think that really says something. Yeah, and I mean, the All-Star game is, the problem is it's broken, and it's, I don't know how to fix it. Um, there's, I don't have an answer for it either. Yeah. It, you know what, Sean? My kids are 8 and 10, mm -hmm. and they love watching it, because they love seeing all the big stars together. Well, that's, I mean, I guess, it's I guess, really fun. They I guess love that, it. I guess that's the test for it, because I remember even the, like, I remember as a kid watching the... North America versus the World Games. Um, oh, when they were splitting yeah, yeah, that way yeah, instead of yeah. East or West. But I, I, so I always I, like East West but, better. But, but, but my point is, I was a kid and I remember watching those. I do too. Yeah. And that's and maybe, I was into it. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the real litmus test of how we should be looking at this. Is it for the heck with NHL media members yeah. or diehard hockey fans? It's which brings it's, up. Here's the other question: 
do you think, I mean, it seemed like everybody in St. Louis was, it was like a feather in the cap to host it, especially after winning the Stanley Cup last year. I, I think here's the issue. Do you think the venue, like hosting the Winter Classic, means more than for the people just watching on TV? I, th- I think I think to the Blues it meant more to have that patch on the shoulder all year if we're hosting the All-Star Game. Perhaps. Um, I think, just another interesting, we were talking about this All-Star Game, and like, I remember watching the All-Star Game as a kid, watching it on either a Sunday or Saturday afternoon. Okay. Maybe that's the issue. That Maybe, it should be a midday like, thing like, instead of a like, I don't know. Time. I don't know how your kids watched it. Your kids are... I we DVR'd it and watched like, it later. Like, yeah. Like well, maybe. ironically, we actually watched the DVR skills competition during the All-Star game the next night yeah. because we weren't available to watch it but, live. But wouldn't it make, in theory, more kids it would be able to watch be. it if you if you're, if you're it's... You could do the skills competition on a Friday night, but do it like... Or well, do it Saturday, it Saturday, 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 Sunday, Saturday Sunday. Yeah. It should be Sunday at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So. I agree. Um, the three-on-three has made it more interesting. And I know we're not talking about this game tonight. We'll get to it. But I really like the USA Canada women's three on three. I wish they had played a third period. That was it was the, very entertaining. That hockey. was the best three on three. You know why? Because the intensity was there. And, that, and that's the thing that the actual three on three is missing in the All Star game. And, and because because three on three right. is not three on three is great. But when you take away that that uh, that reward or that that failure of one mistake and the game's over. Right. When you lose, you lose that in the All Star game, and therefore takes away that sudden death aspect of three on three. So one of the thoughts I had about three on three overtime is, if for or three on three for the All Star game is to make it sudden death. Mm-hmm. First team that scores wins. Yeah. The problem is, Sean, is that it, I still don't think. I mean, again, you can't have an All Star game and have two or three three on three scrimmages that last forty five seconds each. You got to figure out a way to extend that. So. Problem I have, especially when you saw a couple of the early parts where yeah. they scored four or five in a minute. Yeah, I just don't see how you ramp up the defensive intensity. No, and that's what's lacking. Is that uh, I think the two teams in the final in the championship match realize, hey, we're one win away from winning money. Mm-hmm. So they they raised their intensity a bit. Yeah, but it still wasn't anything like tonight's overtime. No, not at all. So, um, so I, I don't have an answer for it. Yeah, it's fun to see. I wasn't. I, I didn't mind the shooting stars thing in the skills competition, the shooting from the stands, but it didn't blow me away. No, it, it didn't. was a little too long, and and it was hard to see where it was going to go if it didn't go in the arch. Yeah. And here's the thing. I always love like the hardest shot was great. Shea Weber shooting Al McGinnis going out there and plastering one at 100 miles an hour at his age with a wood stick was awesome, but. The one that I love is the accuracy shooting, and I don't like the way they've changed it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the old way was four targets in the corners. Yeah, and the plate. it was the old plates. The plates, yeah. the styrofoam yeah. plates in the corners. This new one with the technology, whatever. But the I don't. It's not so much that. It's now it's rapid fire. It's not about can you shoot four for four. To me, it was always take your time, catch the pass, and shoot. It wasn't about speed. It was about accuracy. Now. Like, you, yes, you have an accurate shot, but if you miss one, I think I saw uh, a couple of guys shoot six or seven misses before they hit their last one. And so you go, okay, well, you went five for 12, but you won because you did it faster. That, that's not yeah. accuracy shooting. No, that's volume not. shooting. So I, yeah. I like the days, and I, when I remember watching them as a kid, I would watch Ray Bork go four for four 
all the time. Catch a pass, bang, bang, they just go around the corner. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I just think that they should keep that classic. I like that tradition. I, I agree with you on that one. Um, should we talk about the, the game tonight, or do you like all, do you have any more all-star? Um, I like I do like the skating part. They are so fast. Yes, yes. Um, I do think the, uh, the one thing with the all-star game that... And whether it's a... Now, I, I know you can't do the... The one thing I would like to see in the All-Star game, and I don't know if this fixes anything, um, I don't like that uh, it, the Atlantic plays the Metro and the Pacific plays the Central. They do that every year, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and I don't like that, though. I would like to see... I would like to see... So, for example, let's 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 just use this as an example. Um, You'd like? Would you like to see it uh, randomized or, or shuffled? Just cross-conference. I would like to see... Because right now, we are only going to get... In the regular season, for example... We will only get Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby twice. Right. Yep. Because they only play head to head. They only play head to head. And I know. And so, why don't we have the? If we have the Pacific play the Metro, and in the All Star game, in theory next year, you get them a head to head for a third time. As and and then and then it would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just to mix it up a little bit. And one of the things again. No, no all-star game of team sports is ever going to beat the baseball all-star game because it's the it's the closest to the real game yeah. and and pitchers and hitters don't want to get embarrassed. Yes, and I love seeing. I think maybe even more so, Sean, back before interleague play kind of muddied the waters a bit. But I love seeing National League pitchers and hitters against the American League because it was something that you didn't see exactly. every day. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, that's what I think. If you could find a way to make more of that, of I don't want to see the Central and Pacific go head to head. I see those teams. I see those All guys the play time. the time. Yep. I want to see the the Central players play the Metro and the Pacific players play the Atlantic and everything. Right, and vice like, versa. And vice versa. And then, what it would be really fun is if they took a page of the AHL book. Yes, that's what I'm going to bring up. Okay, go ahead. Where the AHL book, where every division plays every division. They have six. Yes. And they play a round robin. They side. play a round robin, and then the two teams with the best record play in that championship. So here's game. what I suggest: if they're going to do that. Okay, the four teams, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd have to play what? Four games? Three games? I don't know. My math is lost. Each team has to play three. Right. So you have to you have yeah. to three games each. Mm-hmm. So that'd be it's six total, I believe. I yeah, think, I think yeah, the yeah, something like that. Six total. If you have that sudden death or like first to two. Yeah. That's a there's a okay. Yeah. That, that's an idea. Yeah. I want to jump on this. So I don't know if you can play first to score a goal mm-hmm. wins because. It might be too fast. Exactly. But if you played first to two or three, mm-hmm. now maybe I mean, maybe they won't care. Yeah. That's an idea. I think we should yeah. try. We should uh, we should workshop this. We should this. All right. To, to real hockey. To tonight's game. To, to real hockey. Stars come out of the All Star break against Tampa, um, a team who they uh, played actually heading into their Christmas break. One of the third to last game before the Christmas break. And that was and an ugly that game. That was an ugly game. They won in overtime. Except for Anton Hudovic. Yes. Awesome. Tonight, they uh, win again once they win once again in overtime against Tampa. They sweep the season series against Tampa. Um, Don't you love six points earned out of a four-point series? Yes. That is uh, <laughs> always fun. And the... Uh, but very much different from the first game. Oh, very much different. In fact, yes. almost the opposite, the polar opposite yes. of where... Tonight, I submit that Andre Vasilevsky was the reason why Tampa even escaped with a point. Yes, um, it is a night where you could have made a strong case 
for Andre Vasilevsky as the number one star, if not for what Jamie Ben did. The results. Yes. If it wasn't for yeah. the result, yes. he was by far mm-hmm. the most important player for but his But, like, if hypothetically if this game had gone to a shootout, you probably could have made the case Even that... if the Stars had lost in overtime. Right? Well, no, no, my point was... Oh, he, I see no, if they no, won in the shootout. If, right, if right. this game had gone to a shootout, you could have made the case, well, this game's... Andre Vasilevsky is the first star because this game made it... And it's amazing because although he didn't see quite the volume, mm-hmm. Ben Bishop made some yes. really big saves in this game. I mean, I thought both goaltenders were excellent today. Yes, both which is nice. Ben Bishop had a quality over quantity night. Yes, workload. I think he only faced twenty five shots. Twenty five shots, twenty three saves. Yeah, some really yeah. top drawer saves. Yes, and and Vasilevsky was very was very good. Um, only the second time in their careers they've played head to head. It's funny how that happens, yeah. huh? Which is um, and. Ben Bishop kind of shot my question down. And he I said, saw his answer he, on the and he said email. The, he said the right things, but that's can, a total crock. Exactly. This one, this is a game that Bishop. This is a game that Bishop both needed and wanted because this is the team where, and you can't you can't begrudge Tampa for the decision they made. They made the right decision. Look it at was what, a prudent look, decision. Look at what Vasilevsky's done. But the, three years ago, the Lightning franchise made the choice between the two of them. And you could argue, Sean, that if they decided to keep them both, they wouldn't have been able to keep all the forwards and no, they the they players that they have. They wouldn't have been able to, and then they also would have run into an issue in the expansion draft as well and everything like that. Yes. Um, so they. So obviously, though, as oh much... Oh, my God, can you imagine if Ben Bishop or Andre Vasilevsky were available to the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, think about Marc-Andre Fleury and one of those two, and they've suddenly become the best tandem in the league. Yes, they do. So... This was a big one for Bishop, and I could you, you could tell he felt uh, you could tell going into this one, and this is something where so much of one thing I've just seen from a media perspective that I think Bishop that will Bishop was probably will well he won't say it um, he won't say it because it's not something he would say publicly or anything like that. But throughout the three years since he's left Tampa, every time we go to Tampa, every time Tampa comes here, he always gets the questions of. Well, look at what Andre Vasilevsky's done. Yeah. Look how great he is. Look what he's done. And and do you think it stung a little bit to lose the Vezina to yes. his protege? Yes, I think it definitely did. And so to to go and beat him head to head, I think that, that that is a big moment for. I think I think it's also a big moment for Bishop to really put any. He he has established Dallas as home already. That's no question at all. He's he's moved on in that regard. Yes. But it's kind of that little last piece of dirt to bury the history. And they didn't choose to start him in Tampa. Yes. Before Christmas, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm sure stuck in his craw a little yeah. bit. And it's funny because if anybody understands that, it would be Rick Bonus who coached with him in Tampa. Mm-hmm. So you could tell from Bones's answer tonight about that how big of a deal it was for. Yeah. Both him and yes. Ben Bishop. Mm-hmm. So it was a big one in that regard. Bishop was really good in the first period when this really needed him. Um, so let's kind Boy, of that that glove save, the first on shot of the game, Braden Point, yeah, cut across the middle. I mean, that was fabulous. First shot, of, that was a recovery save where Bishop didn't move super well, but didn't move super well with his feet, but was able to make up for it with Put his, his gloves in the right hands. spot. Yeah. Yep. Um, the. Um, 0-0 at the end of the first. We go into the second. The uh, Tampa takes a one nothing lead on a shot through a screen. After the Stars had dominated the first yes. 13 minutes, mm-hmm. where the chances were 10-1 to yeah. Dallas. And, of course, then that shot goes through. And did you see 
that in the post-game sheet, they changed it back to Stamkos. I did see that, yeah. So he must have gotten a tip on the yeah. wrister, which, let's face it, it had nothing on it. No, so that one gets through. Then uh, Denis Gurionov ties the game up, his 12th goal of the season. Just flew down the yeah. ice. That's, um, there's something we're noticing more and more with Denny and just how he gets uh, how he gets a, how he gets lanes and oh my what is this guy doing? He's going um, slow. Speaking of lanes, um, we we got so caught up in talking about the All Star stuff, we forgot to talk about the drama we witnessed as we were getting ready to leave oh, the yeah. money rush. Should we digress <laughs> that to later? Let's digress that okay. to later. Um, so well, we could just mention it. We saw two people dealing with some very what seemed to be strong relationship strife. Yes, in the parking garage. Of uh, the Silver Lot. He was wearing an avalanche. He was wearing an avalanche. A Landeskog jersey. Yes. Very interesting. To a Stars Lightning game. That's weird. Speaking of which, my kids started watching the Royal Rumble because they are suddenly into wrestling. I don't know why. And I saw a guy wearing a Syndergaard Mets jersey in Houston at the Royal. Like, why? I wanted to text you right away, I and don't I forgot. Know. You're a Mets fan. Yes, I am. Why would you wear a Mets jersey to a WWE event in Houston, Texas? You can't lose there. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a joke okay. at Mets fan expenses. That like, probably is. Like, but isn't that weird? That is weird. That is weird. I mean, it's the old... Anyway, I thought of you and said, I wonder what Sean would say about that. Apparently, you can't lose. You can't lose. I mean, you can't lose to the other team. Yeah, that's true. Um, All right, so go Mets. <laughs> so um, back to the game. Yes. So Gurionov, he ends up tying the game at one-one. Scores his twelfth goal of the year. He is. Uh, it was a goal or nice finish on the on, on shot five hole at the end, but really a play where the minute that uh, basically that step and path was misjudged by the point man by Tampa he was gone he's just too fast he's just too fast he's he is uh, he's really uh, he's taking advantage of his the tools he has and really is 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 kind of forcing himself into being that 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 playmaker on a nightly basis now well and they need him to do that oh yes they do the stars are in desperate need of offense yeah. They got a little of it tonight. They, if they had some more finish, they would have possibly blown out. Yeah, Vas- Vasilevsky was very good on He's the reason why they so, kept yeah, him yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, Stars had rush chances, breakaways. He was really, really good. John, John Cooper said after the game that the that Tampa gave up more rush chances tonight than they've given up the last 20 games combined. That's And uh, Stamkos mentioned it in his postgame yep. presser that – they gave up more in a period than they typically do in a long period. They basically said yeah. that the effort that was there in their brains weren't there. Yeah. So they uh, 1-1 at the end of the second. We go into the third. Jamie Benn uh, gives the, on another rush chance, gives the Stars a 2-1 lead. Pretty goal. Um, on a breakaway. Pretty goal on a breakaway. Goes forehand, backhand. I was actually impressed in this just being a goaltending nut. Uh, I was impressed how close Vasilevsky even got on the uh, recovery after he bit so hard on the plate on the shot finish. he went for the forehand yeah he sh- but he bit so hard and that should have been actually an easy finish for Ben because most goalies in the NHL are not athletic enough as Vasilevsky is to get across the way he did to force the it's even incredible. wider yeah I mean he's a yeah. really really good yeah. goalie um, as evidenced by watching him in the shootout streak yeah in the all-star game he looked ready to go where like Connor Hellebuck looked like he was still asleep in that, 
And Vasilevsky, what did he stop the first nine I in a so, row? I think yeah. it was or something, something crazy like that. I mean, he just was. He looked like a guy that wasn't just there to show up. Yeah. So that's the two-one. The Jamie Ben goal makes two-to-one. Stars have the two-one. Could one have put it away. Could have put it away. Matthias Janmark had what about a hundred-foot breakaway? Hundred-foot breakaway. Um, ben Bishop. I thought he was shooting for the empty net. I thought he thought about it, but the way he fired it, that's Bishop is too good of a puck handler. I'm not, I'm not saying he can't flub yeah. one, but that was not the kind of shot yeah. that he takes if he's going for the empty net. He said he wasn't shooting for the empty net. I think there was probably, I, th- I think it was a moment of indecision, if anything. Like, I, I think it was. I, I think, think I take him at, at his word that he says he was trying to clear. He said he's trying to clear it up the side. I thought he made the mistake of I think I can clear it up the middle because that's not where they are, and yeah. then just hit hit Hedman with it. I, either way, it didn't look like a shot. Either way, it was a it was an execution was failed on the clearance, whether it was yes. shot or, ex- or clearance, and then it ends up and then Tampa ends up scoring on the six on five. Um, that that was a really nice. That was a, that was Did a you nice see the five. move that Kucherov made to on the retrieval? He gets it to go fake a shot, go to his backhand, and then throw it back to Hedman at the point to then hit Stamkos again. Because the Stars were trying to take away that passing lane. Mm -hmm. And Kucherov showed a little trickery just to get everybody change of direction. He's so good. He's He's really, really impressive. So, goes to overtime. The Stars, once again, um, this is the third overtime since the coaching change. And so, two of the three overtimes now, Rick Bonus has gone with Fox, Como, Lindell to start overtime. He's uh, basically head. I mean, it works at home because he's hedging that the other team's going to put their best three out. Well, he's not hedging. He knows he gets well, the last. At change. home, he work. It works yeah, yeah. on the but if you're on the road, you don't know because yeah, you have I to still, put your guys out first. I'm still not a big fan of it. Um, I don't. I didn't like it. Um, kind of to me, Sean equates to the criticism last year of starting your third line in a must-win playoff game yeah. at home. Game six, you yeah. have a chance to put away the Blues. Why don't you start your top line? Yeah. Right? It sort of sets the tone. Now, here's the thing. I thought about this as we noticed who came out because it was uh, mm-hmm. Foxa, Como, and, and Lindell. Lindell. Yeah. What does that say about your top offensive guys? Do is that your Is your coach then saying that they can't hang defensively if they lose the draw? To guys like Palat, Kucherov, Hedman. Maybe I, I mean maybe that's what he's saying. Maybe he's looking at okay, we they will get they'll take my top guy, my top defensive guys will take that guy, those guys out, and so next shift we get a better matchup. I don't know. I I don't like it. Um, I also didn't like for a fact where and this is Radic Foxa was the only center under five hundred on faceoffs tonight. Yeah, like so it's not like. It's not like Tyler Sagan was getting torched in the draw. Jamie like, Ben was what seventy five percent or something like that. So I would have, I would have started. Now, so while I disagree with how the overtime started, deployment wise, obviously it ends rather well for the Stars. Um, it worked. They um, had the only four shan- yeah, chances yeah. and shots. It didn't. Yeah. Uh, there's that stupid sign again. Yeah. That really freaks me out. I think that's a police officer every time, which I guess is the point. Yeah, it's, but it's. 12 o'clock at night. Why are you doing that now? It's effective. Um, In a really lousy way. Mm-hmm. 
So Jamie Ben um, knocks the puck down out of midair. Um, then uh, Point, I believe, um, tries to hold and kind of slash him to slow him down. Have you watched the slow mo replay they showed of the whole sequence? Yeah, the, it's it's not super slow mo, but it's definitely slowed down. So <clears throat> Jamie knocks the puck out of midair. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't do that, Point's flipping it towards Victor Hedman. They have a and Kucherov is ahead of him. Yeah. So they have a two on one because Sagan and Ben were not in good position. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't block that clearing, they're in trouble. Correct. Then he has to reach forward and both Ben and Palat go for the loose puck after he knocked it down. And Jamie sort of chips it past the Tampa forward. And now Palat realizes he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's two plays already by the captain with his stick. Then, as you mentioned, yeah. Point basically latches on with both hands about his yeah. hips. Yeah. It looks like he was trying to do some sort of form tackle. And the referee yeah. is right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't put his arm up. I, I mean, that's a, that's a penalty shot. In soccer, it would be a red card. Yeah. And he shrugs him off and then has the wherewithal to go and do the inverse of his goal in the yeah. third period where he goes backhand to forehand this time. Sagan wanted that puck. Oh, of you course he did. See, you could see it. I actually like, thought the way Jamie plays, he's usually always trying to make that setup pass. Yeah. I thought he was going to drag to his offside and then backhand it back to Sagan to slam it in. Yeah. And Jamie just said, no, no, I got this. Yeah. Uh, was, nice goal. He won the game for them. It was literally and figuratively he won the game for Dallas. And it was a, you know what? Yeah, okay, you gave Tampa a point. You coughed up a lead in the third period. It was a fun, entertaining way to win. It was, but also the other thing is with how the NHL point system is structured, you didn't give anything away because Tampa doesn't matter. Cross-conference has no effect on the Stars. Right. All right, let's do the lightning round. Let's make it it fast (laughs) as you make a really, I would say, unintentional but obvious punt. Yes. Let's see. And remember, everyone, using the uh, hashtag is important. Yes, if you don't use the hashtag, we can't find your mentions because there's just too much of it. We're too important. Oh, I don't know about that. But we'll say that. So, let's see. We will... Okay. All right. From AJ, Hints injured again. Cagliano injured again. It sucks. My question for the car cast. How did you enjoy your All-Star break? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way of not asking the obvious question. I enjoyed it a lot. How did I do it? Well, my kids have school, mm-hmm. and we're not yet at the point where we can just tromp off to where I would love to go, which is not the beach, because the as much as I enjoy a tropical vacation, the Texas winters are rather mild. Mm-hmm. So where would I like to go? I'd like to go skiing for a week. Oh, that would be nice. But I'd have to drag the kids out of school for a week, and we'd have to pay for it. So those two things are causing me severe shortage in that. But that would be the next goal, would be to get to the point where I can both afford and actually execute a mid-hockey season skiing vacation for a week. That would be nice. Wouldn't that? Because you can't go during spring break. No. Because there are hockey games. And so that's, yeah. that's the long-term goal. But what did I do? Uh, I was at home... I was actually at home with my family every single night. That's nice. I which during yeah. the hockey season you don't. No, that's very nice. Monday, yeah. Wednesday, Saturday this week, I will not spend the evening with my family. So it yeah. was nice to just know I was going to be there. Now we had stuff to do and kids sports yeah. and all this craziness, but at least I was around. So that yeah. was nice. Yeah, you? Similar, similar basically. I just kind of I sat at home. Not sat at home. I basically got to be at home. I made dinner a couple nights. I did so that. Did, too. Yeah. So it was it was a good. It I did good. have one sort of veg out day 
I did too. Where I just played ga video games, hung out, watched TV, messed around on my laptop a yeah. little bit. Did not do any. Yeah. I work around the house. Nothing. That Just, was that was a nice. Mental. That was I think Tuesday for me. It was I, rainy. It was yeah. Rainy it, and it, gross. Yeah. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah. It was one of the. It was one of those. It was the one day where I still sent. There was one day where I still sent Evie to daycare. Yes. Um. Because the other days I just kept her home with me and hung out with. But there was the one day I still sent her to daycare and just kind of. It's nice. Yeah. It's really nice because so, you you get busy. You don't get a chance to switch off, and that's. I think mental health is, and having those kind of days where you just kind of do nothing, mm -hmm. is good. So the uh, coach kitchen says, "I get get ready for one month of trade talk." Corey Perry, do you admit the experiment just didn't work out and shop him around, or do you hold on to him hoping he'll be a playoff asset? Side note: Stamkos was Perry's assignment on the game tying goal tonight. To before I'll let you answer the I'll let you answer the second part, but something to clarify that's very important to remember with Corey Perry. Um, and I think this is a very important to remember with all trade things because there are caveats attached to certain players. Well, of course they are. Corey Perry has a five-team trade list, so and that is it. You can only trade him to five teams, and you can only you have, and to trade him you have to request that list, and you and let him know that that you're thinking about trading. And, and, and he would and he would have to give you the five teams you could trade him to, and and he could literally. Uh, put those down because he wants to win a cup. Yes. So he could put down the top five teams in the standings. Yes. Washington, Tampa, Boston, so, St. Louis. Yes. And you'd then be hamstrung because they might or might not want Corey Perry. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I... Um, they're not going to trade Corey Perry. They're not going to trade Corey Perry. You know what? The, the other thing, though, is, is that Corey Perry is such a low-risk play. If he doesn't score a bunch of goals, which he hasn't, mm -hmm. okay, he's on your fourth line. He's. I still think you could scratch him. I, I, I'm not saying you can't. Like I think I, th I think that's something that needs to be considered. Um, but my point is, is that it doesn't really hurt the stars to have him in the mix. Veteran guy, maybe he scores. I mean, he had a good. The only quality scoring chance on the stars' power plays the whole night was a Corey Perry shot on the rush on the left circle, forced a really awkward save from Vasilevsky. To me, to me, with Corey Perry. Um, the reason the Stars brought him in and the reason he's in here on this contract is they look at they didn't have anyone to finish in Game 7 last year against the Blues yes. in a big playoff game. And if Corey Perry can score one big goal in the playoffs... It's worth all the money. It's worth all the money. What if, what happens if he gets hot and scores a couple? Yeah. So Right? You never no, know who's going to be and, that And hero. now I'm not saying that he shouldn't be, like, personally, with how his play recently... Um, I mean, they're not going to have any healthy. I don't think they'll have any healthy scratches well, should on, we, on Wednesday. Should we but, ask the or should we go, do that? The expected question that I'm sure is in there. Which one? Well, you have Hints out mm -hmm. and Cogliano out of the game tonight. Mm -hmm. If both of those guys can't play, if one yes. of them can play, then you have Justin Dowling in, and that's probably it. Yeah. If both of them can't, who do you have in the lineup, and how do you set it up? Well, it's K Kibby Ronta comes in. I think yeah. so. So, but here, then here's the question. The, que have, the question is who if, can't if, play if, of if, the two. If you keep, let's say if they both can't okay. play. Okay. Okay. So let's say for the, for the sake of argument yeah. here, Hintz and Cogliano are both out and you decide you want to keep Ben Sagan and Radulov together. Mm -hmm. How do you line up your bottom nine? I'm keeping Ben Sagan and Radulov together. Correct. And I'm bringing in Kiviranta and now Dowling. Now they could shift those. Yep. Dowling and Kiviranta okay. are the two in. So if I'm probably, I'm putting Kiviranta in Cogliano's spot. Next to uh, Foxa and Como. Yes. Okay. And I know technically he 
typically plays the right, but I think you could move Como to the left and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Oh, that's right. Okay. Like, yep, I, I move Como to the left, have Kivirant on the... I don't think that would be a big deal for I don't Como. Th- I don't think that would be that big of a deal for Como. He comes down the left wing a lot anyway on the right. Yeah. Um, I think... I look at... I put. I think Dowling has that skill set to play that top six role. Of because we're talking, I agree, and so I would put him between Gurionov and Pavelski. Pavelski on the wing, and then I keep that Dickinson line together. Yeah, yeah. I, one of my other thoughts, and this is not, I, yeah. I think I agree with you. My other thought was is you have Yanmark, Dowling, and Perry mm-hmm. as your fourth line. I'd be fine with that, and you have one of two options: you either put Dickinson up on the second line. He was fabulous. He tonight. was very good tonight. So he was you, really good. You could either put him on the second line with Hints and Pavelski, or you could keep Pavelski in the middle. Sorry, not Hints. Um, Gurionov. Yeah. Um, or you can put keep Pavelski in the middle mm-hmm. and put Kiviranta on the right. Because I think that you could have Dickinson, Foxa, Como, and have everybody in their natural positions. Yeah. That's my other thought. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that or not. but No, I do. I think, that, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, let's see. But that'll be the big thing we're looking at the next... Yeah. 48 hours. We got a lot of questions, so I'm not trying to. If we've covered it, I'm trying it's to. It's also 20 after yeah. 12, and we have to get up so, tomorrow, so. Or at least I have to get up tomorrow. Let's see. Um, going into this season, would either of you have been comfortable predicting the Stars would take the season series from Tampa, yet get swept by Buffalo? I for sure. I know for sure that I wouldn't. No, not a chance. Can you guys... Okay, I'm going to let you answer this one. Okay. Can Because I actually have to answer a question from my actual job. <laughs> oh, so you want to be able to let me answer yes. while you don't pay attention? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you... I'm, I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm being forefront about this. I uh, thank you for your honesty. Can, can you guys talk about the difference in playing with 10 forwards like the Stars did for a lot of the game tonight? How does that change the game? How much more are some of the forwards playing? Thanks. This is questions from Hunter. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends on situational play because... Uh, if you have a lot of even strength five-on-five play, you can, in theory, roll your lines more. And if you have four lines playing well, you can, or if you have the lead, for example, you can really roll them and keep everybody fresh. Um, three Playing three lines, if you have ten forwards, you have three plus one. That's not really that bad on the short term. It's, it's over a long run where not having an, uh, an active fourth line can wear you down. Or certain guys kill penalties or play power plays and others don't. And so then when you get into a, a stretch like in the end of the first period tonight where you have a bunch of power plays back and forth, some guys just don't see the ice. And so they get cold sitting there. Other guys get play a bunch like Lindell and Polak played a ton on the penalty kill. So then suddenly you don't have John Klingberg on the ice for very long. And so he's not impacting the game as much. So, <clears throat> excuse me, while that can be tricky, I think having 10 forwards for one game, or in this case it was what? Uh, up for the third period, it was you know because Cogliano they had eleven forwards until the third or until the late part of the second. It's like playing with five defensemen. Short term, it's fine. If you had to do it over the span of two or three games in a row, then you'd really start to wear down. Yeah, good answer. Thank I you. heard I heard the second half of it. <laughs> um, Again, all about honesty here. From from Stefan, um, if Yanni had better scoring touch, he'd already have twenty-ish goals with how many breakaways he gets and generates yes. at least one every game. He had 19 goals that one year, but even then I wondered how, how that happened because his shot never looked any good. That's a comment. We like comments. Thank you, Stephen. He scored a lot more of his breakaways he did. that year. And so that's why the next season, which was what, after the knee surgery? Mm-hmm. So yes. two seasons later, mm-hmm. was 
really a surprise that he struggled to finish because we saw him put more pucks in before. Yeah. And because it's now another season of this, we're, at least I'm starting to think that that's the norm and that the outlier was the more scoring. Mm-hmm. But you heard many, several coaches for the Stars have mentioned that positionally, Yanmark is very elite. He gets himself in great positions to get where pucks go. His speed gets him to places where he can retrieve pucks. He can get behind guys and create chances. He's a really smart player. If he could just finish a little bit, he'd be a, a really... I think he'd be a top six player if he could finish. I had a... Uh, do wa- you think? Yeah, I had, a, I had a, friend, a friend at the game tonight who was a really good ho- good family friend of mine, good hockey mind, who um, lives in the Detroit area and doesn't watch many Stars games. But right. he was in town tonight, and uh, so he was watching the game. And I went, yeah, Mark, drafted yeah, by Detroit. Exactly. But so, um, second period, he and I went down and watched the second period from the seats with him. Mm-hmm. And, and he said to me, he said, you know what, 13 really knows the game really well. Really, really well, big hockey And, and this is someone who doesn't watch many Stars games and doesn't know much about the individual team history. Just is, is, is He's a hockey coach from, from Michigan, just a high school hockey coach, but he's he was said, you know what, 13 knows the game yeah. really well. I, I think so, he has incredible hockey sense. Yeah. Yeah. So can't, has really struggled to finish. Yeah. From Austin, um, what can the power play do to get some consistency? They don't seem to be able to get into the zone. Um, then they don't move the puck very well when they do. What about someone like Dickinson getting some power play time? See, here's the thing is that I asked John Klingberg before the break about the power play because it was really humming there for a bit. Mm-hmm. And he said, I said, I, you know, I mentioned, you know, is there stuff that Derek Lachstall's involved with that is, that is different? And Klingberg says, look, it's the same guys, right? It's the same personnel that yeah. when it's going well and when it's been bad – he goes, it's amazing what a little confidence can do with your power play. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is the entries right now. I think it's just the execution hasn't been on the entries. They they haven't yeah. entered well. They didn't move the puck particularly well. I mean, Bones said afterwards, he said everything was wrong with yeah. it. He didn't like any part of his power play tonight. And I don't mind the idea of getting Dickinson on the power play, but it's also, I don't think it's much of a solution. Your top skill guys have to be good. I do think, actually, I will say this, actually. Dickinson does move the puck rather well from zone to zone. Yeah, as one of the stars forwards, so he's not he's not the most fleet skater. The problem is, is that you need your guys like yeah. John Klingberg and Miro Heiskanen, yeah. and Ben Sagan, Radulov, Pavelski, Hans Gurion. Those guys need to be getting yes. it done, and they've got to find a way to click yeah. because that's why you pay them the money, and that's why they're offensive yeah. players. That's their time to shine. Yeah. The uh, from Stars Potter Twelve. I saw on the news last week that there's this place in Winnipeg that sells donuts for four dollars each. Have you ever paid for a donut that expensive? And how good are donuts in Canada? I'm trying to remember how much the Round Rock two pound donut is. You remember that thing? I do know what you're You've talking about. You've been to the about. Round Rock yes. donuts, right? I don't it's know down, how much it down near Austin. Uh, they have a lot of glazed donuts, and they have the the chocolate dipped mm-hmm. glazed, and yeah. it's, a, it's it's like the size of your head. It's a huge donut. I can't remember how much that is, but I've bought that once or twice. Yeah. But ordinarily, I don't pay $4 a donut. No. Also, $4 Canadian isn't as much as $4. Oh, that's right. Exchange that's rate. Awesome. So, um, the uh, place in Frisco isn't bad. Is Hertz Donuts? Yes, Hertz Donuts that's is good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I've had some good. I've, I don't I don't eat many donuts. I don't no, go crazy. Yeah. I like donuts, yeah. but I don't think it's a, a thing you should do regularly. Um, from Jesse does... By the uh, way, equally good, coffee cake. A good coffee cake, man, let me tell you. 
from Jesse. Uh, does Dobby know about the Dobby Loves Hockey tweet thread? I don't know. That's a good question. It's a good thread. It's a good thread. He started it very yeah. early this year, yeah. and it continues to to pay off. Yes. Um, I guarantee you, Sean, if you do ask Anton about that, he'll go, you always have weird questions yes. to ask. <laughs> he will say something like that. Um <laughs> From Aaron, what's the best Jamie Ben regular season goal, timing included? All things considered, my vote is the OT goal he scored when Strader was back briefly from his cancer treatment, but there are many other options, too. It's a really good one. It's hard to beat that one. I mean, that's, a, that's an iconic that's, moment for this that's, franchise yeah, over I mean, the last five years. Like that's, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking other ones that are up there for Jamie, obviously you look at the, the, the winning, winning the Art Ross one. It wasn't an overtime, but was, yeah. it was... What uh, six on five or whatever it was? Final seconds. That was pretty yeah. cool. But Aaron, you set the bar too high. I don't think we can top the straighter it. Straighter goal was so, great. Yeah. I mean, he came within half a puck of scoring maybe the most important overtime goal in the last yeah. generation of Stars hockey. Because if he scores in double OT in St. Louis to win the series, <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. Um, Christian just asked, just now he asked about Perry. We already touched yep. on that. Um, Chris says, an article posted a while ago on The Athletic on advanced stats and the Stars, yet it doesn't seem like they really utilize it to its fullest extent. Why? The Stars don't utilize advanced stats? Um, or don't, they don't play to what the stats are suggesting? I'm not really I'm not sh- sure of that I'm, question. I'm not sure of the full question. Um, the Chris, to kind of, and I'm not sure if I'm answering your question or not, Chris, but an interesting thing is... How how someone uses the advanced stats and how someone uses the analytical data really comes from the head coach. And, sure. And Rick Bonus is a big believer that advanced stats and analytics are something that give you data to back things up. But if you're using them to discover something, then you're not then then you're doing something wrong. I like his take on this because he's not poo pooing analytics. He says there's a place for them, but he's also not leaning into them as if they are the be-all, end-all of breaking down a hockey game. Mm-hmm. And you'll see there are some... Look, I, I'm not trying to talk down to people that like math and statistics. I actually happen to like math quite a bit myself. But if you just look at the numbers, you're missing something. And if you just watch the games with your eyes, you're missing something. There is a marriage between the two, and that's the best way to, to make it work. Yeah, and I, I think there's definitely more to. Uh, I, I think there's they can be used more than some coaches give them credit for, um, but I also do believe that you have a. If if you are not able to see issue X or Y, and you can only see it because of a stat, you're probably not breaking the game down well enough Correct. anyway. Um, right. If you're just looking at a chart and say, oh, look, they play dull or boring or yeah. exciting or whatever hockey, but you can't also look at the clips. And I think uh, if, if you want to talk about athletic articles, one of the things Sean does with his film room articles is he talks about something and then shows a clip to back up the point or multiple clips. Mm-hmm. And, and it's what coaches do when they show their video is to try to use the visual pictures for teaching moments. Hey, we aren't very good at this. Here's why in this showing a bad play. And then you you know, you might even be able to dig into the numbers after the game and go, "Boy, our, you know, possession numbers are down tonight. What happened?" Well, let's look at the breakouts. Here's a clip where the breakout didn't yeah. work. And that's where you combine the two. And remember, 
it's on computers, not film. That's right. <laughs> Great line. But last he actually, the actually that's that's sort of a bastardized version because what he actually said was, "It's not tape." It's it's computers. We we don't watch it on tape anymore. He goes, that's all right. We all say the tape. Uh, last question now of uh, from Catherine, Catherine Walters. What were your guys th- thinking of the D pair shuffling mid game tonight? I was skeptical of Lindell Pollock, but we still won. So what do I know? Um, they shuffle D pairs all the time. That's, that's nothing that, new. That's new. Yeah, I that's almost didn't even game. notice it yeah. at times because it's situational. Mm-hmm. They'll start certain pairs. D zone starts versus offensive zone starts. Yeah. Uh, power play versus penalty kill. Sometimes a guy gets stuck and can't get off yeah. the ice on a normal shift change. So then they have to sort of switch them up. They do that with four zero. The big thing, Sean, that I've noticed is that, and I'm sure you have too, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before. Jim Montgomery used to blow up his lines a lot. Yes. Rick Bonus really tries to go with continuity unless things are going mm-hmm. dreadfully wrong. I mean, we've seen a lot more of the same trios Correct. under Bones than we did under Monty. Monty used to say, hey, if we had a bad period, you're not going to see the same forwards. Yep. So I... I, didn't, I, I actually think the D-pair shuffling is fine. I actually like it that way. Pers- too. Like I think there are, for example, just hypothetical here, I think the ideal situation is if you're starting the offensive zone, put both Miro and Klingberg out there. You're two best yes, puck-moving yeah, offensive yeah, yeah. defensemen. Right. So. And it's also a, more of a, as Monty broke this down with us last year, you're going to have two or three defensemen that play closer to 20 to 25 minutes. Then you're going to have a couple that play 18 and maybe a couple that play 12. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You know, you're almost having your top three and your bottom three. I think ideally they'd like to see Stephen Johns elevate to having a top four and a third pairing. Remember what Chicago did when they were going on their run in the last decade, which was four that played all the time. You know, the top two pairs were rotating a lot. And then every now and then the third pair would come in. Yeah. But they were playing, what, eight minutes maybe? Not much. They They weren't a playoff game. It was a lot of... Keith and Seabrook and Oduya and Jalmerson mm-hmm. over and over again. So don't be surprised if you see more of that. That's what we've got. Um, back Wednesday. The invasion of the blue and white. Should um, be a lot of it. Did you see any tweets from Nashville tonight commenting about how many Toronto fans were at Bridgestone Arena? I did not see that. Quite a few. We, sh- we should note uh, two important things for everyone. One, uh, Winter Classic jerseys. Ooh, will be yes. Worn. Uh, second of three this year. Second of three. First time indoors, yes. though. Yes, yes. And the uh, other important note, just for planning purposes, six thirty game. Oh, it's so weird. But if you're uh, and no pregame show again on the radio side. So no, no, no pregame show to remind you that it's a six thirty. Yeah. So you just have to remember earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get in your seats. Worry about the rush hour traffic. That should be. I'm going to predict a late arriving first period crowd for to get everybody in. Yeah, the combination between the traffic and I'm sure there's some people who will uh, look at their ticket at 6.30 and think, oh crap. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Reminder, and there will be some tweets from us yeah. in the next couple of days. 6.30 puck drop. All right. And that'll do for us. Thanks for joining us. We will be back for Stars and Leafs, the big Jason Spezza tribute. And uh, maybe we'll see some more couples having arguments in the parking garage after the game.